You know what I mean? Because sometimes the Spirit is speaking through an individual or, um, you know, there have been instances in the Word of God when God spoke and He spoke audibly. And, you know, we can hear the Spirit speaking in those ways, you know, through preaching. Uh, um, but most of the time, if we're going to hear what the Spirit is saying to us, we have to develop uh, a part of us that, for the most part, for most people is undeveloped, which is our spirit. You know, we are spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And uh, so when the Spirit is speaking, now how many of you know if the Spirit is speaking, He's speaking uh, in the Spirit? Because He's a Spirit. Amen. Amen. If, uh, uh, you know, your dog barks, he's not talking, uh, you know, the language of men. He's talking the language of dogs, I, I, if there is a language. Um, I'm not sure there is. But anyway, <laughs> I, uh, maybe I should have tried to make that analogy. But anyhow, <laughs> but when God speaks, God is a spirit. And so when God speaks, he speaks to us spirit to spirit. Not spirit to flesh, but spirit to spirit. Even when I'm preaching to you. And, and it's this important, even when I'm preaching, when I'm preaching under the anointing of the Spirit and by the Spirit, even though it's hitting your ears and, and your mind is somewhat fruitful, it's really what it's producing in your inner man that is important. Because that, that word, that word, it doesn't just affect your mind and your hearing, but it affects you in your inner, in your inner being, in your, in your spirit. And so uh, the Spirit is talking and God's Spirit is is uh, speaking, and uh, so anyway, let's let's read this uh, verse of scripture, and um, I'm gonna read to you two verses of scripture, and then we'll uh, then I'll kind of share with you what the Lord um, has been dealing with me about. So, in ver well, uh, I uh, let's read from verse one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, it's the least you could do. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And be not conformed. <laughs> Again, say living sacrifice. <laughs> now, we don't, have any, we don't have any frame of reference for sacrifice uh, for, like they did. But sacrifice for them was, if you're a living, you, you, that wasn't, a, that, believe me, when that was written, that wasn't appealing to the hearers. They didn't read that and go, ooh, let me be a sacrifice. You know, now, because we have no reference, because we've never seen an animal sacrifice, we have no reference to what that looks like. You know, it, it doesn't affect us the way that it affected them. But when you think of an animal sacrifice, I mean, it's gruesome. The slaughtering of an animal is gruesome. You slit the throat of an animal and there's, there's a noise, there's a sound associated with it. And it's not a pleasant sound. It's not a pleasant, heck, we can hardly step on our dog's paw accidentally and hear it yelp and it breaks our heart. Imagine the sound that an animal makes when it's being slaughtered. And that's essentially what's happening when a sacrifice is being made. Uh, it's not appealing to the ears. It's not appealing to the eyes, the blood, the, uh, the, the guts, uh, the, the things of that nature, the sound, the sound of there, you know, all, all of it, the smell, the smell. It's not, so, so for them, when, when the Bible said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, I think because they had a frame of reference of what that looked like, they knew more what to expect, not so much us. 
Not so much us. Because when we hear about living sacrifice and things like this or whatever, when we think of sacrifice, we don't think of sacrifice with all of the gruesome and gory details. We just think of, Lord, use me, and that seems ple pleasant and pleasurable, but we don't understand, uh, we don't understand that there's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. There is a sacrifice involved. But present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And the Bible says that's the least we could do. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now notice that he says this. He says, don't think of yourself more highly as you ought to think. But on the same note, and I know I've told you all this before, on the same note, God doesn't want you thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but he also doesn't want you short selling yourself, which we as Christians have a tendency to do. You know what? Not only are you not supposed to think more highly of yourself, but you're not to think more lowly of yourself either. You're not to sell yourself short. Do you know when you sell yourself short, when you think of yourself more low than what God thinks of you, then that breeds unbelief. And it breeds difficulty in you being able to achieve what God wants you to achieve in life. We, we, we speak these things and we believe it's being humble. Really, it's a false humility. You know, and I, I used this example the other day. One time Ted was telling me, uh, we were watching TBN and someone said something about, uh, you know, they were, uh, they were going through this whole spiel about how that we as men, you know, uh, with men it's impossible, you know, of course, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. And then he, the person began to talk about the limitations of, of, of man's humanity and man's carnality. And and Ted made a statement. He said, hey, Lord, I'm no good. You know, I mean, he wasn't being, he, Ted was just, Ted, Ted relates to everyone he's listening to. So Ted was like, Lord, you know, I, I know, Lord, I'm no good. And I'm, no, I'm nothing, Lord. I'm nothing. You're everything. He's like, Lord, I can't even heal a gnat. I said, what, Ted? He said, I can't even heal a gnat. I said, dude, I, I said, you ain't traveling with me no more. If you, I said, if you can't heal a gnat, if you can't heal a gnat, I said, dude, I need someone that can heal gnats. I need someone that can heal. I need, I need someone that can minister healing. I don't need someone talking about, I can't do nothing. Glory to God. Now, see, we, sometimes we, we, in an attempt to magnify him, we start beating ourselves up and destroying our self-image and we start destroying not only our self-image, but the image that God is trying to create in us of who he has called us to be. And I'm going to tell you something, church. We're living in a season. We're living in an hour where God is trying to build you up and persuade you of everything that he's called you to be. And, and I'm going to tell you something. He didn't call you to be. God didn't call you. Amen. God didn't call you to what you were capable of doing on your own. God has called you to do something beyond what you're capable of achieving in the strength and in the power of your own might. Amen. You know what God's called you to do? God's called you to write checks that in the natural you can't pay for. Are y'all hearing me? 
God's calling you to battles that he knows good and well that if you fight that battle in the natural, you can't win. And you know, some of us, some of us, we've been a little perplexed as to why we have gone through the difficulties that we've listened to. Why in the, why in the world, why in the world do we obsess about difficulties and we get buried and, 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 uh, um, we get buried in our, in our difficulties. We get to that place where our, we, let, we allow our difficulties to separate us uh, from the Lord and from the life flow of God. Sometimes when we're going through difficulties, we, we, we have this expectation that um, those difficulties have to be acknowledged. Do you know there's no place in Scripture that tells us to acknowledge difficulties? In fact, Scripture admonishes us and commands us to say the opposite. And now let the weak say, I am. Listen, if you're weak, why, you got no business with it coming out your mouth. We're not in denial. We're agreeing with heaven. Are y'all hearing me today? Well, I feel like I'm lying. No, you're, that's the thing. You're not lying. It's just that your natural man hasn't yet caught up with what is, what's going on in your spirit. What we're declaring is we're declaring the truth in faith. Amen. See, that's where, that's where God, you know what? You're never, going to, you're never going to hear me get up behind this pulpit and tell you that I'm weak. Do you know why? Because I'm never weak. Glory to God, even when it seems like I'm weak. In fact, the Bible says this, his grace is sufficient for me and he is made strong in my weaknesses. Glory to God. How can I ever be weak when in my weakness he's made strong? That means I'm never, you know what? I'm never vulnerable. I'm never vulnerable. How can you be vulnerable? When, when, when you're strong, you're not vulnerable. When you're weak, he's strong, and you're not vulnerable. You are never pray for the, you are never pray for the devil. You are never in a place where you are so weak that he has the strength to overcome because God's, God has seen to it by his word and by his spirit that you got more than enough. Well, I am preaching. We have stepped right over into that anointing right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you listen, you've got to quit thinking of yourself as less than what God said. If you don't know what God said about you, it's time for you to find out what God said about you and start believing and start acting like the individual that God called you to be. Now, you're, you, you shouldn't think more highly of yourself. Don't go around being lofty and thinking you're all that in a bag of chips. Function within the boundaries of your grace. But you know what? If God called you to be a dead raiser, I'm going to tell you right now, no one else is going to start calling you a dead raiser until it comes out of your own mouth first. Anybody here called to raise the dead? We have any dead raisers up in here? Then bless God, it ought to be coming out of your mouth. Listen, you can't keep. Your pie hole was meant for more than just pie. Glory to God. If you, if God if, if, how many of you called to heal the sick? You know what the Bible says? These signs shall follow them that believe. Are you, how many believers do we have? So, so I'm going to help you out. 
These signs shall follow them that believe. If you are a believer, then every believer in this place, this, this is what God says about you. You can't, that's why Ted, that's why I wouldn't let Ted get away. Well, I can't heal a gnat. Oh, really? Because you just contradict, even as just a plain old believer. I mean, a vanilla flavored, average, no sprinkles, <laughs> no twist, no, no dip, no nothing. <laughs> just as a plain old believer. Here's what the Bible says. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. Amen. Amen. Now, whether you identify with or listen, whether you identify with that or not, doesn't make it true or not true. I'm not, I don't cast out devils. I'm a peacekeeper. Doesn't matter what you say. The Bible says if you're a believer, you cast out devils. You speak with new tongues. You'll take up serpents, and if you drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt you. You'll lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Amen. See, you gotta you gotta elevate. Turn to someone, say elevate. You gotta elevate. You've gotta come up. You gotta come up. You've gotta come up. Listen, if, if, you're, if you've been pushed down, now if you're high and lofty and you're like, I'm literally God's gift to the world. You have to come down. Amen. Come down. Come down. Come down. <laughs> now, sometimes that's hard to determine. You know, when I first got born again and God called me to preach, I immediately knew that not only had God called me to preach, but he called me to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to, ra- to, do, to, to, to revival. And so in the beginning, when those things began to come out of my mouth, people thought what I was saying was lofty. They thought that what I was saying was um, that, that I was thinking too highly of myself because they, 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 they couldn't interpret the difference between me speaking faith and me being arrogant. They, they, they didn't realize that my confidence wasn't arrogance. I didn't think I could do it in the strength of my own might. I didn't think that God, I was God's favorite. I just knew that that's what the Lord had shown me through visions, through dreams. It's what he had spoken through prophecy. Everything that he had said to me personally and uh, about myself, about my ministry, I was just repeating what he said. And I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to knock anyone else down or make others feel like that they weren't as good as I was because God had called me to better things you know that's another thing we have in church you know when you when you go to talk in faith faith talks big and when you go to talk in faith and you go to talk in big there inevitably there's going to be people in church that are so self-centered and they are uh they have uh self-esteem issues and and they have uh um low self-esteem and they, they, they just have those kinds of issues working in their life that when you do that they're going to be like well, well y'all know remember when I told you that I, I told someone they said what's the name of your church I said winner's church and when I said it they almost got mad they're like well what are you trying to say I said that we're winners well what does that make everyone else I said well whatever they want to be I mean because it, sound, it sounds to me like you're saying everybody else is losers. I, you know what? Just because it sounds that way to you, 
You know what some of us have done? We've adjusted our, the idea, the ideas that God has put in us about ourselves. We've adjusted those things based on other people's opinion. You know what? If you feel like you're a loser because I, I said I was a winner, you got a problem. I said I was a winner. I didn't say you were a loser. Well, amen. Glory to God. I, I, I've been on that probably too long. So anyhow, so you, you get what I'm saying. Find out what God says and get with what God says. Don't get with what your flesh says. Don't get with what others say. Get with what God says. Amen. It, you know what? Most of what God is going to tell you is going to, go, uh, is going to go against the grain of your personality. God hasn't called you to operate within the boundaries of your personality. God's called you to operate beyond the capacity of your personality. God, God's, called you to, God's called you to function beyond the capability of your own human wisdom. God wants you to function in his wisdom. God doesn't want you functioning within the boundaries of your confidence. He wants you functioning beyond that. Amen. And the only way we do that is by identifying what the Lord says to us. Amen. So, um, and, and it says this, uh, don't think of yourself more highly, but think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Say this with me. Say, God has given, God has given every, man every man the measure, the measure of, faith. of faith. So here's the thing. It's not just Christians that receive the measure of faith. Every person born receives the measure of faith. In other words, every one of us are given the same opportunity in the kingdom to be everything God has called us to be. No one is, as a, is at more of, or a more of an advantage, and no one is at a, a disadvantage. I see Christians all the time. You know, when I was a kid, they, uh, there was a book that was written called Roots. Who was it? Alex Haley? Was that who wrote Roots? Um, and they turned it into a television movie. I remember we watched Roots on uh, cable television, and it was about slavery. It was about things of that nature. You know, sometimes, and, and, and I understand, in the natural you know, when you, see, when you see all that play out on, on television, what make you, first of all, it makes you mad. You know, it's like, how could, how, could, how, could, how could anything like that ever happen to a group of people? When you read about the Holocaust and about the extermination or the, the attempted extermination of the Jewish people. You think, how could, how could people do that? How could anyone, how could anyone do that? When, when we think of what happened in New York City at the World Trade Center with that, that attack, and I know some people think it was a conspiracy. You, you, you can believe what you want to believe. A bunch of people died. How can men perpetrate that kind of evil on other men? But sometimes we get, that's, that's some of the things we get caught up with, is that we, in church, we, uh, because we, you know, there are people groups that are, uh, that are um, uh, 
discriminated against because there are groups of people that have had to go through difficult we we come we come into the kingdom of god and we think well there are some people that receive preferential treatment in the kingdom and others that don't you know what what exists in the natural doesn't exist in the spirit god doesn't god doesn't prefer charlie over anybody else now, God may use Charlie different than he uses everybody else. And you may find what God does through Charlie as being attractive and more appealing than what God called you to do. But it's not that God is playing favorites toward Charlie over you. See, we've, we've got to eliminate that. Every one of you have been given the measure of faith. And there are things... I, I, Un un unfortunately, I don't feel like some of you are connecting as well as we connected with the folks in Shawnee, which maybe we should go. Maybe we should have all drove to Shawnee this morning. Maybe it was maybe it was the water that we drank there. <laughs> maybe it was the new lights and the new paint. Were we a little high from the fumes or something? <laughs> no, no, that wasn't it. Thank you, Carolyn. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. God, 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 you, you've got to quit thinking you're at a disadvantage. You are, Lindsay, you're not at a disadvantage. God doesn't favor your pastor more than he favors you. God has something for you, and it's just as sparkly, and it's just as powerful as anything that God ever put in me. God doesn't favor Ted over everybody. God doesn't favor Tyler over everybody. Tyler may have a different position, uh, you know, than, than you have in this body. <clears throat> but we've, we've got to quit feeling like we're being dealt uh, uh, a, uh, a short straw we've got to quit feeling ripped off and we and we've got to start recognizing that if God called us to something it's going to be anointed with power amen that 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 he's going to evidence himself in whatever it is that he's called us to do you know Ted for years Ted Ted tra has traveled with me um, and he hasn't traveled with me recently or as of late the way that he did in the beginning. But you know, when Ted started traveling with me, you know, I never gave the microphone over to Ted to preach. I was never like, well, you know, Ted, you've earned the right to preach. You don't earn the right to preach. You, you're either called or you're not. You know, some pastors will open up the pulpit of their church and they'll let anyone, anyone come up and preach and, and take turns. Well, so-and-so's turn. You know what? You don't get a turn here. If you want to preach, you better get on your face before God and hear him saying, Yea, verily I say unto thee, yea, yea, I have called thee to preach the gospel. Otherwise, you're not going to do it here. Glory to God. This, this whole idea of being treated fairly and that some people are being treated unfairly because the pulpit, that you don't understand. You, you, you think that somehow or another you're being, you're being, uh, uh, <laughs> amen. Y'all know, know what I'm saying. Y'all know what I'm saying. The, these are the things that the church has struggled with for years. It's the reason why churches split. 
It's the reason why it's 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 the reason why people hop from place to place to place. And you know what? The devil wants you hopping place to place. You know why? Because if you hop place to place, you'll never ever ever become everything that God intends for you to be. You'll never realize who you are. You'll never think of yourself in the way that God wants you to think of yourself. You'll always feel ripped off. You'll always feel looked down upon. You'll always feel less than. You'll always think you're a second-class citizen of the kingdom instead of amen. You know what, church? I want to eradicate that kind of communication. I want to eradicate that kind of thinking. I want, I want when people walk through the doors of this church, I want people to be so challenged by where you have come in your walk with God that they, that they, that, that they will not allow themselves anymore to talk down uh, uh, to themselves, to talk down about themselves, to embrace something that is low when God has called them to something higher. Turn to someone, tell them, God's called you to go higher. Amen. Amen. You have the measure of faith. God has given you the measure of faith. What you do with that measure of faith is up to you. You know what? You know, you, you know what I do with my measure? You know what I do with my measure? I would believe what God said. Amen. I would take that faith and I would put it on every word that God spoke about me. Those that look like they're going to come to pass and those that look like they're a fantasy. Amen. There's some things that God told me that I thought it looked like a fantasy. I thought there is no possible way that I will ever achieve that. There's no way that I could ever come to that place. But glory to God, the greater one lives in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. <laughs> some, I'm going to mention this real quick. You know, everyone, everyone goes through struggles in life, including me. Of course, you've never heard me get behind this pulpit and tell you, oh, pray for me, I'm struggling. But I expect you to pray for me. Struggles are going to come. And some people think I'm blind. You know, some people there, uh, pastors, traditional, traditionally pastors have uh, injected themselves into people's problems. Now, so, some people, if, if like for example, if you end up in the hospital, there's some people. It's like, well, pastor didn't even call to check on me. No one even came over here and prayed for me. And then they get down in the mouth, you know. And then they come back to church and they look down in the mouth. And then, you know, I mean, as the pastor of the church, I might walk by that individual. And if they look down in the mouth, you know, I'm probably, that's probably not the person I'm going to engage with before I get up to preach. I mean, it only makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, why in the, why, why in the world, why in the world would you want me? Is that, is that what y'all want? Do you, do, is, that, is that what you desire? You desire for me to, 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 uh, 
No, that's not what I would want for you. Listen, I'm, if, if, if I got... If I got Shelly preaching or if I got Tyler preaching or Ayla preaching or somebody else preaching, you know what I'm, you know what I'm going to say to y'all? And listen, stay tucked in. Don't let anybody get you out of that place. Remember who you are. Remember your name. Remember your call. Remember what God called you. Well, he's shouting. Remember what God called you to do. You know, Derek, he was, he was, do, he was music directing this morning. The last thing, I, last thing I wanted anyone to come and tell Derek, man, sure has been loud lately. You know, I just had I just had to check up on my ears, and uh, I have t- tinnitus, and uh, they say it's because of loud noises and stuff. And you know, I've been sitting next to that speaker of yours, and you know, uh, maybe maybe because you know I have tinnitus, everyone should have to listen to soft music. Oh, okay, yeah. So let's change everything. I've watched some of y'all struggle. I've watched you look at me like, Pastor, rescue me. Rescue me. And you know, I just get up here and I'm like, you got this. I mean, you're you're, you're all like this. I I can't. I'm like, stand up. I'm dying. I'm going to drown. Ah, you ever seen that? You ever seen that meme that uh, that kid? This kid is crying. He thinks he's going to drown. He's like, ah, ah, ah. Finally, someone takes him and puts his feet under him. He stands up. The water is up to his waist. You think you're drowning. I know you're not. You know what? If you ever get a phone call from me to encourage you, you better know you're in trouble. Because that when when you in tr- when you in real trouble, that's the only time I'm coming after you. But when you're struggling and you see me up here, and I'm like, you got this. It's because you ain't in as much trouble as you think you are. Nobody cares. It's because you're not gonna die. You're gonna make it through. You're gonna get to the other side. See, what people don't realize is that many of us are going through the exact same thing. God is talking to us like he's talking to you. There are things that he's pointing out to us that don't make us feel good just like it don't make you feel good. Some of us have decided we're going to put our hand to the plow, that we're not going to look back, that we're going to look forward. Amen. We're going to keep our eyes to the heaven from where our help comes from. Glory to God. It It don't do no good for us to look back. There's nothing back there for us. Turn to someone, tell them, you're going to make it. Now, now, here, now here's the other thing. T- today, when people leave service, they'll be like, I'm so stupid. Pass your head to rebuke me. Don't, listen, don't think of yourself more low. What what I just get done saying, everybody is going through something. And here's what here's what you need to understand. I'm I'm not rebuking you. I'm just, I'm just trying to get you to understand. If you, if you'll if you'll look in the boat, we're in the boat with you. 
Quit acting like you're in the boat by yourself. You're not in the boat by yourself. We're all around you. Everybody's in the same boat. God is pulling all of us higher. God is demanding that all of us change our perspective, that we believe what he said, that we take the measure of faith and we use it to do what he's called us to do in this last day. And it's not the love boat we're on. It's that, that's the transformation boat. All right, I need to hurry up because I haven't got to the point. <laughs> so don't think of yourself highly, but don't think of yourself low. But to think soberly according to God dealt everyone the measure of faith. Verse 4, for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one, one of another. Can you see how now all that fits in now that I've told you some of these things? This was, this was what was going on with the Romans. They, Church, can you believe it? I mean, if you took Winter's Church and transported us back in time, they were going through the same stuff we're going through. They were battling with the same battles that we have. They were wrestling with the same issues that we wrestle with. They were trying to find their way through this thing just like we are. Of course, we're much closer to the end than they were. But let's, let's look at verse 6, and this is really where, honestly, I mean, that was all, dare I say, fluff. No, it wasn't fluff. It was good. But anyway, but this will, this will help us to come into the next part. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. And he that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Amen. Amen. So the one, the, the sound like he said amen. Um, <laughs> he got blue jeans on. <laughs> He, he tight rolled his blue jeans and everything. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna get him some boots like these. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, what I want you to see is, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Let me let me read it to you in the. Um, um, let me read it to you in the uh, Amplified Bible. So in the Amplified Bible, it says this: having gifts faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us. Let us use them. He whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. He whose gift is uh, practical service, let him give himself to serving. He who teaches to his teaching. He who exhorts or encourages to ex exhortation. He who contributes, let him do it in simplicity and liberality. Uh, and he who gives aid and superintends with zeal and singleness of mind, he who does, does acts of mercy uh, with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness. So, um, so the Bible tells us that there are gifts. 
And one of the gifts, and now this is now I'm getting to the prophetic part here. What I've, this is what the Lord had me release on Friday. Was it Friday? Friday night there at Shawnee. Annie and I went and we had dinner with um, with the uh, with uh, 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 Brian and uh, Michelle Turner. And uh, for those of you that don't know who they are, they are the folks who uh, bought me an airplane. They bought me an airplane. And so Annie and I, we try to go and see them, uh, uh, you know, uh, now and again. Um, not, not because they bought us an airplane, but because we became friends with them. And, um, and their faith, their faith in the area specifically of finance, they, they, have a, they, they function in a greater measure of faith in that area, in business, in finance. So uh, now, get this. One of the first things that Brian, uh, that no, Mich Michelle told us was, she said, well, I, she said, uh, you know, um, ever, she said, ever since they got a hold of the, of the uh, revelation of supernatural increase, that um, they have increased in their business almost, they have almost doubled every year. And they said that this year, they're on target. They're already 40% over what they did last year. And so they're on target to do the same, maybe more this year. Now, you have to understand that we're talking about multiplied millions of dollars. And I'm not, I'm not talking, that's just where they, where they, where they function. Now, when, <laughs> you have to understand, people, most of you aren't thinking about buying your pastor an airplane. Maybe a gift card to Charleston's. That's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But most of us don't think on the level of, you know what? Let's buy a pastor an airplane. Do you know why we don't think on that level? Because we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> Now, some of you, if you had that kind of money, you'd think on that level, right? If some of you had, if, listen, if you had, say, say you had 10 million or 300 million or, or a billion dollars. Let's just say you had 300 million dollars. And, 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 and there were four people that were going to revival with me uh, in Ohio, uh, going to Ohio with me here at the end of the week. And you decided that you wanted to go uh, with us. Well, there's only four people fit in my airplane. So you, you have several million dollars. Now, here's what you're going to do. You're either going to charter a plane or you're going to, you know, you're going to find a way. If you want to go, you're going to find a way. You're going to be like, hey, I want to go. In fact, let's charter a plane. Let's just put everybody on it. Everybody that wants to go. Or, you know, you're going to be like, Pastor, are you, are you always, you, is it always this way where you can't take people with you because you don't have enough space in the What would it take to, I mean, what would it take for you to have a 10-person airplane? What, how much would it take? If you had $300, $400 million, and I said, uh, well, you know, I mean, $1.7 million? If you were bringing in $300 million annually, and I said that 1.7 million would get us an airplane that would take seven people with us. Miss Miss Rhonda, she would already be reaching for her purse. You understand what I'm saying? She already be like, "Hey, hold on, a minute, Pastor. 
Who do I write it to? Who do I write it to? And you know what I'd say to Miss Rhonda? I'd say, there's another one costs three million that'll go faster and hold more. Uh, amen. And you know, and there's some people, there's some people they might get their drawers in, but you know, that's exactly what happened with Brian Turner. You know, Brian Turner, um, when he said, we want to buy you an airplane, I found an airplane. I found an airplane that was exactly half the cost of what he ended up spending on an airplane. And they kept falling through. And every time I found another one, it was more expensive and more expensive and more expensive. You know what? He didn't try to back out. He just said, God told us to buy you an airplane. So whatever you settle on, that's what we're getting. Oh, yeah. I'll talk about it now. He didn't call me on the phone and say, whoa, big fella. <laughs> no, he just kept. Anyway, so we were talking to him while we were talking to him. They, they really got a revelation of supernatural increase. One of our revival services. We were at their church in Fort Worth, Texas, about 2011, 2012, something like that, just after we started uh, Winter's Church. And we were there, but the Lord gave them a revelation concerning financial supernatural increase during that time. And, um, and so uh, they, just, they just grew exponentially in that day. So we were talking, and as we were talking, we started talking about... Um, the environment of their lives right now, the culture that exists. You know, they they don't they're not. <clears throat> I noticed that they're not. They they there's a different there's a different culture in their life now. When when you step up and you step up into what God calls you to, all of a sudden you begin to function in a different environment. The environment is way different. The buying gift card environment is, is different than buying airplane environment. And see, and here's the thing. We, again, there's nothing wrong with either one of them. One, see, see, what some of you are saying is, well, you know, mine is cheap, you know, God. And no, you, got, you have to understand something. There's something that God has deposited in this generation that he wants to bring forth. The reason why some of you want to do gift card is because God's trying to graduate you from gift card to something higher. He's trying to elevate you and create an environment and an atmosphere and a culture in your life. You know, we, we talked about this before uh, in this church. I talked to you all about, and some of you don't know it because I've never told it to everybody. Listen, you're going to be tempted to get your drawers in a bunch when I talk about this. Don't do it. Y'all know my heart. What, what, I, I said all that I said before so that y'all would, wouldn't be tempted to beat yourself over the head and, and make, you, make, make yourself feel like somehow or another I'm talking down at people that don't do more. Listen, you got you to function where you're at. You got to function where you're at. But you have to believe when God tells you he wants more for you. Function where you're at, but believe what God said when he says he wants to elevate you and take you farther than where you've been. Amen. 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 Are y'all hearing me? 
all, we can only function where we're at. But we can never get where God wants us to until we begin to believe what he says. Until, until we quit thinking of ourselves too low and let him elevate us. But there's something that God has deposited. This, and I'm talking about this whole generation. In this last day, God has deposited the seed of prosperity and supernatural increase in our generation. And I'm going to tell you something. Not, and let's, let's just put a real fine point on it. One of the things that God has called this church to is God has called this church to a place of supernatural abundance, supernatural overflow, supernatural increase, more than enough. Listen, God has called us to function on a higher level financially than other people. Period. I don't know why. Listen, I didn't ask him for it. I didn't pray for it. I didn't fast about it. It was just something that he said he was going to do. And everyone that has ever come to be a part of this church, you have realized it in, very, in a very short period of time. Because there was something that began to stir in you that didn't stir in you before. There was something that began to happen in you that didn't happen before. God was drawing, trying to draw you up out of a place where you've been to a higher place. But it all starts with a seed. It all starts with a seed. See, uh, in, order, in order for us to really break through and see that seed break out in us and come to fruition, there has to be a willingness on the part of people to pioneer the move. Someone has to be willing to go in first. You, do y'all re, realize that there are... I was, I, I'm going I'm I'm to help you to... Oh my gosh. I'm going to help you guys here real quick. I might keep you a little bit over, just a little bit over. So, y'all realize that um, I was having a conversation with Gabe the other day. We were talking about um, um, contemporary Christian music. And he had this idea about contemporary Christian music and what it was. And not that his idea was wrong, but his, his, his idea about uh, contemporary Christian music is much like you know, sa you know, we're talking about sacrifice and how that if you've never, if you never were uh, in a part of that environment and, and never witnessed an animal sacrifice, uh, you, um, because because you've never been exposed to it, it it it, it kind of hinders your ability to really understand it. But when we were talking about contemporary Christian music. Um, we were talking, he was talking about elevation. He was talking about different ones. And to me, that's not really contemporary Christian music. That's praise and worship music. Now, contemporary Christian music to me is, again, I'm going to be showing my age, Mylon Lefevre, um, the Newsboys, Toby Mac, um, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh, I mean, we could go way back, Dallas Holm, Twyla Paris. Amy Grant, yeah, we can go way back, second chapter of Acts, Petra, right, yeah, <clears throat> um, so, but, the, but uh, Elevation, that's a, that's a totally different genre, that, that genre is praise and worship, now here's the thing, is that some of you never grew up 
in a time when there was no praise and worship genre. In fact, some of you here, for as long as you've been in church, you've been able to go and purchase an entire recording of worship services. But do you know when I got born again, you couldn't go and get it. You, Rachel, Shelly, Charlie, you couldn't go. You couldn't go. You couldn't even go to Mardell and get a praise and worship tape. There was, it didn't exist. It didn't exist. If you had a recording of praise and worship, it's because someone had a tape recorder at church and they pressed two buttons to get it to record. <laughs> but that, that wasn't a genre. That wasn't a genre. But you know what? This current generation can't even imagine what it must have been like to not have praise, a praise and worship Man, you get on YouTube, you can have a whole praise and worship service. You can throw a CD in your car, have a whole, if you, they don't, if you have a car with a CD player, uh, and have a whole praise and worship service. I mean, anymore, you can have a praise and worship service anywhere you're at. That wasn't that way for us. Praise and worship was exclusive to what happened at church until Integrity's Hosanna and Vineyard started putting out praise and worship CDs and tapes. Man, I remember when we first listened to them. It was like, oh, oh. and they were cheesy as I'll get out. <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I mean, a whole orchestra. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. Come on, sing it, everyone. Let the redeemed, of, you know. But man, we were... We was hopping around at the house. Woo! <laughs> you know what? I'll, 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 take it, I'll take it back even farther than that. There was a time when we didn't sing off the walls, where there were, where there were books that were in the backs of the seats of, in every church, that, that old red back hymn book, and the worship leader would get up and say, all right, open up to page something, something or other, a turn to page, and then you'd open up that book and they'd sing, everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praise. Everybody will be happy over there. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. At some, amen, at some people... Of course, it, 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 in the Spanish church, it was a little, it was a, it was a little bit different. It was a, it was a little bit different. You had to, um, en la cruz, en la cruz, yo primero vi la luz y las manchas de mi alma yo la ve. Fue ahí por fe, yo vi a Jesús y siempre feliz con el seren. Then you do the verses. So then all of a sudden, choruses are introduced where they cut out the verses and they just sing the chorus and they sing them off the wall. Do you know people went berserk in church? Stay with me, y'all. People went nuts 
when the hymn book stayed. Because that hymn book was, it was the Bible, and then the next most sacred book was that hymn book. I remember the first time someone turned a hymn book, they took a hymn book and they cut it up, and when you opened it up, it looked like a turkey. Listen, I remember, I remember an old saint saw that, and listen, they left the church over that. They're like, they're desecrating God's sacred, second sacred book. That old red back hymn book, bless God. <laughs> but man, there were people that were upset when, when people quit singing hymns and started singing Integrity's Hosanna. There were people that left churches. There were people that swore that the church was going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, people had conniption fits over it. You, you, you'd, have, you'd have thought that the devil had come and, and, and there'd been a baby sacrificed or something. But once, once a generation caught a hold of what God was saying, you know, God, you know what God was telling the church? You need to come up. You need to come up. Now, that hymn book is good, but I have something more. I have something more. So it's time for you to come up. You know what? The church rose up. Now, all of a sudden, you have people in church that people in church hadn't been writing songs. They'd been singing out of the hymn book. Hardly nobody. In fact, if someone wrote a new song, you know, like uh, uh, maybe Andre Crouch or something like that, I mean, it was a big deal. But now all of a sudden, you have these guys that are sitting at their pianos and in the middle of worship come up with a spontaneous song. All of a sudden, a worship song is birthed right there in the middle of service. A praise song is birthed in the middle of service. And the church got elevated to a higher place. You know what? The environment changed. The culture changed. Do you know what doesn't fit in our church? The hymn book culture. Not because we don't want it, but because God changed it. Are y'all hearing me? So someone had to pioneer that, and people did. And guess what? It was a hard-fought battle. But they endured. They rose to the occasion to embrace the new thing that God was trying to introduce to his people. We went from Integrity's Hosanna to Hillsong. And Hillsong didn't used to be Hillsong United, Hillsong U. It didn't used to be all that. It used to be Darlene Check, period. I mean, it was Hillsong worship. It was one lady, Darlene Check. And she, I mean, she She got on Integrity's Hosanna, revolutionized the whole thing. I mean, the orchestra and the, the big voices and all this, uh, it was all gone. This, it, was more, it was more contemporary. That's why Gabe thinks it's some of it's contemporary, because it became more contemporary. And you know what? Something that old Integrity's Hosanna started to fade out. You can't even find them no more. Vineyard faded out. And now, you know, Hillsong. And then after Hillsong, Jesus culture, Bethel, elevation. You know, all of these things began to come up. So now we've got a whole generation that's unfamiliar with the fact that there was a different, a whole different culture. A whole different environment that existed. That's always happened at every time that God was going to bring forth a big time breakthrough. Do you know those things were seeds that were planted in a generation? God planted the seeds of praise and worship coming out of the church and out of individuals. He planted that in a generation. 
And there were people that were willing to pioneer it until it sprung forth in their lives. Thank God. Remember, I talked to you all about the, the uh, principle of environment. Remember the principle of environment? I'm going to repeat it for those that don't know it. Here's, here's what the principle of environment is. God never creates anything until he first creates an environment that will sustain it. God never creates anything until he first creates an environment that will sustain it. Example, God didn't create fish until he created water. Why would he create fish when there wasn't an environment to sustain it? He didn't create birds until there was air. He didn't create man until there was the earth. So before God creates anything, he first creates an environment that will sustain it. Do you know what God's trying to do with y'all? He's trying to change your environment. He's trying to change your culture. That's why some of you ended up here at Winter's Church. Because, because you maybe came up in a different culture and in a different environment, but God's trying to change your culture. He's trying to change your environment. Because the environment's got to change for what he's put in you to come forth. Now I'm talking about the seed of prosperity that he's planted in you. There's a seed of prosperity that God has planted in you. Some of you are like, well, Pastor Zeke, if there's a seed in us, why hadn't it grown? I'll tell you why. Go to the book of Genesis. Go to the book of Genesis real quick. I'm almost done. I'm trying to get. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Glory to God. I see, we, we, we got no problem singing off the walls. You know what? No one threw a hairy conniption today because we sang off the walls. It was good. God did the same thing with healing. The healing revival. Uh, Jack Cole, William Branham, A.A. A. Allen, Oral Roberts. Um, I, I, mean, I could go on and on about these people that were part of the healing revival. Do you know healing wasn't a prominent part? In fact, people believed before the healing revival, people believed that sickness came from God and that it gave glory to God. That's how the church believed. But after that healing revival, that seed of healing that God planted in his people sprung forth. And it changed the entire... Do you know that how unusual it... How un and it wasn't that long ago. This was in the 1950s. It wasn't that long ago that people started believing in healing. I mean, the, the praise and worship culture, that happened in the 80s. That's how new, before the 80s, people were stuck to a book. Look how much things have changed in the church in a short period of, from the 1980s until now. Baptism in the, you know what? We are, this church wouldn't exist if it wasn't for William Seymour. Holy Ghost baptism was a seed planted in the heart of a generation and it broke out in 1906. But prior to that, nobody believed in baptism in the Holy Ghost. Do you understand that, y'all? Do you understand that 
the environment that existed prior to these men pioneering and pushing through and, and elevating themselves to what God, you know, do you know what, do you know how that started? God said to William Seymour, you're going to, you're going to believe for Holy Ghost baptism. And the whole world is going to be changed. This is a black blind man. In a mission. In what would have back then essentially been the slums. In California. And God's going to use a black blind man. In 1906. In a very white America. Do you understand? Do you understand the environment in which that seed produced? That seed produced in a natural environment that was hostile against it. But you know what? You know what William Seymour? Do you know what? You know what William Seymour's responsibility was to change the culture, to change the environment, to begin to make the environment an environment that would sustain what God wanted to do why, why do you think you're why do you think that we're pressed but not crushed why we're persecuted but not abandoned why we're struck down but not destroyed because god has given us this generation the responsibility of pushing something through that has not yet been acceptable boy i'm preaching I'm pre- I should have brought food so y'all could have stayed. Uh. How, how many donuts are back there? Let's pray over them. We'll pray over them. Pass them out. Maybe we'll d- multiply. Amen. Five donuts and, and, two, and two cups of coffee. <laughs> he blessed them, broke them. <laughs> Do y'all, see, do y'all see what I'm getting at? Turn to someone, tell them it's already changing. It's already changing. Talisha, you could see yourself where God's brought you to. Miss Rhonda, you could listen. Carolyn, Carolyn. Shelby. And I'm just saying that. Cherie. Ted and Deb. Listen, I was, we were together for our, the transformation of our... We were together. Oh, yeah. I watched it happen. I hear Michael Salazar's story. Twyla. In a million years... If you'd have seen them where they were. Y'all know Twyla was a drug dealer, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what would he say? What would he say? Huh? My drug dealer. That's what he said. <laughs> he had a live-in. He had a live-in. People look at Twyla now, they're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on, y'all. 
It's already happening. I'm going to tell you something. Mr. Prophesy, it's about to be accelerated. Time is winding up. Listen, some of you have come a long way in a short time, but I'm telling you right now, you are about to take a leap. You are about to run through a troop. You are about to leap over a wall. God is about to activate something in you. He is about to bring something to life in you that you, listen, in a million years, you wouldn't have dreamed what God It's upon us. It's upon us. Now sit down for one second. I'm almost done. Chapter 2, verse 7. Look what it says. And the Lord God formed man. No, no, I'm sorry. Go to, go to a different one. Uh, uh, yeah. All right, I got that out. All right. Um, verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth. When they were created in the day the Lord created, uh, the Lord God made the earth uh, and, uh, and the heavens. Verse 5 is what, you want, what I want you to see. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For, now, so, so the Bible says this, that every plant was already in the earth. And every tree and everything that would bring forth fruit... It was already in the earth in seed form. See, when God starts with something, he starts with it always in seed form. It was in seed form. And, uh, but, look what it says. For the, but it, but it, but it, but it didn't grow. It hadn't grown yet. And there was a reason. There's a reason why it didn't grow. Look what it says. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain. So the reason why the earth, every, when the Lord created the earth, every seed necessary for the earth to flourish was in the earth. But it hadn't, but it hadn't grown. Why? Well, it lacked water. But there's something else it lacked. Here's the next thing. And there was not a man to till the ground. There were two ingredients necessary for that seed to grow. Water and man. In the next few verses, we read, God caused it to rain or to have, for the earth to have water. And then the second thing he did was he created man. You know what happened after that? Everything grew. Why? Because God had created an environment to sustain it. God had created what was necessary to make it work. Amen. Everything changed. Now, let me tell you, I'm going fin to finish with this. I know I'm cutting it a little bit short, but I, I think I got the message. I got it across, right? All right. Um, did I? Okay. All right. Man. Brandon's like, take your time, Pastor. Take your time. So we, when we were talking with... Uh, Brian and Michelle, y'all got to think higher. T turn to someone and tell them, think higher. Yeah. 
Church, that's what God's trying to do. He's trying to get you to believe higher. He's trying to get you to believe extra. He's trying to get you to believe above. He's trying to get you to believe beyond. He's trying to get you to believe. He's trying to get you to believe what he believes. He's trying to get you to say what he says. He's trying to get you to write. God's, God's trying to get you to get out there way be. Amen. You know what, Charlie? When, 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 when COVID happened, when COVID happened, um, the Lord spoke to me immediately. You know what he said? Don't shut down. He said, don't you dare shut your church down. He said, if they come and haul you off to jail, you get hauled off to jail before you shut this church down. He said, this is an attempt of the enemy to rob the church. He said, the world's going to say everything. He said, but this is, the, this, is, this is from the devil. Do you know how we could tell it was from the devil? Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you know what COVID did? COVID brought fear. COVID brought doubt. COVID brought dissension, division in the church. And so God said, don't, don't, you, don't you dare shut it down. He said, don't give up your liberties. The enemy is going to try to take the liberties of the Christians away. And they said, you know what? I don't even care. What about America? Because some people are like, it's about America. It wasn't about America. It was about what the devil was trying to take from the church in this nation. People act like God loves America. God loves, God loves everybody. He loves the whole world. And when you're, a, when you're a believer, he goes to looking out for you. So whenever, whenever that happened, we took a stand. We took a stand. Here's what the Lord told me. He said, I want you to begin to speak. About, I want you to tell everybody. Tell them what's going on. Prophesy. Tell them. Tell them that uh, 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 I, I preached a message on um, uh, associations and, and uh, being careful who you run with. What, what, what was the name of that message? I can't even remember anymore. Um, anyway, you, you can find it online. But it was, uh, um, yeah, that alignment, you know. Yeah, that alignment message. And the Lord told me to speak it. He, said, he told me to tell everybody what I was saying. You know what I responded back to God? I said, but Lord, I don't have a voice. Y'all remember me saying that? Y'all remember me saying I said it to y'all. Man, I pray God will raise someone up that has a louder voice than me. That's what I said. That's what I said. And don't look at me like y'all knew better because y'all shouted amen. But here God's telling me, he's, he's telling me, I got something to say. I need for you to say it. I'm like, Lord, but nobody, I don't have a following. No one's following me. No one's going to hear what I have to say. You're going to have to raise someone up with a voice. God kept telling me, say it, say it, say it. Do you know what God was trying to get me to do? He was trying to get me to elevate myself to the place where he was trying to raise me up. Do you know, you know, if I had shut my mouth and quit talking to God that way and just opened up my mouth and said, I'm going to tell you right now, I think I blew it.
God was trying to make me a voice. You know, when God, when God tells you to get, that, get out there and speak and you don't feel like that you have the influence, you don't feel like you have the authority, you don't feel like that you have the pull, you don't feel like you're all of that. If God is telling you to say it, it must mean that he has intentions of giving you all those things you don't have. And if you'll think on his level instead of thinking on your level, if you'll let him bring you up instead of you trying to bring him down... See, y'all, even I'm, I'm here as your pastor, and I'm, suscept I'm susceptible just like the next guy because God was talking to me, and he was planting the seeds in me. You know what? He's been trying to prepare me for that for years. Oh, yeah. And then the moment he tells me to open up my mouth, but, but, but Lord, I did, just like, I did just like Gideon when God told him, Almighty oh, man of valor. Really? If you're with me, why am I so jacked up? If you're with me, why am I in this situation? Come on now. I, I fell into the trap that everybody falls in. Are y'all hearing this? See, God's trying to elevate us to a higher place. But you know what? We got to be willing to say what he says. You know what? We got to quit second-guessing God. We just got to. And, and that's what the Lord's been dealing with Annie and I about this year. The Lord started telling me, I don't want you second-guessing me. If I tell you to tell Carolyn she's going to have $2 million, pull her up tell her she's going to have $2 million. Don't say nothing. I, just say what I said. Just say what I, I, he said, if I tell you your house is paid for, I don't want you to say how, Lord. I don't want you to say when, Lord. I don't want you to say what with, Lord. He said, I just want you to say it's paid for. Are y'all hearing me today? Lord told me, Ted, to open up my mouth. Oh, yeah. And I was like, but God. I was like, Elijah. Like Moses. Like Gideon. Like all of them. But see, that's what gives me hope. That's what gives me hope. You know what? If I'd have come this far and he not revealed it and me not recognize it, I'd be in trouble. But now that I've recognized it, glory, I'm going to tell you right now, the devil did not come to Winner's Church this morning. The devil did not come to Winner's Church this morning because he was like, he heard it, he knows it, my God, sound the alarm. And now you're hearing it. And now you're knowing it. Yeah. Oh, listen. Some of you, when you're going to get home, you're going to find out the devil packed up his bags. And yeah. hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of you are going to go home. And that trouble that was there when you left isn't going to be there when you get back. Glory to God. Listen, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is working up in here today. 
Hallelujah. Boy, the de- listen, the devil tried hard to tell you, Ted, that you were done, that it was over, that you had to retire, that you had to step back. Now, all of a sudden, Ted called me from the doctor's office the other day, said, I got a clean bill. My, my blood pressure's low. My sugar's down. The doctor's looking at me. I lost 50 pounds. Something's going on. takes him half the time to get from there to the bathroom now. He rolled up in my office today like he was somebody. Glory to God. Thank you are somebody. Amen. It ain't finished, Ted. All right. I'm going to close with this. While we're talking to Brian and Michelle, uh, this, uh, I know we're, I, I made a joke earlier about pastor appreciation, and please, you have to know I'm not, I'm not dropping hints for real. <laughs> I'm not dropping hints. I'm not dropping hints, I promise. It just, this was just a part of the story. They said, they, they started going to a church, and they said, it's pastor, last year at pastor's appreciation day, they said, uh, um, they got together, a bunch of people, and they said, what are we going to do for pastor at their church for pastor appreciation? And, and someone said, um, well, last year we got him a gift card. I reckon we'll get him a gift card this year. And so Michelle, now you, you understand, they went from small faith to big faith. They went from a little bit to way more than enough. She looked at that person. She, she was one trying to offend him, but she said, over my dead body, pastors get it. No, no, we're not doing that. Well, what do you think? And, and someone said, well, let's get him a hunting trip. He likes to hunt and he seems to, let's buy him a hunting trip where they were going to, they were going to get him a, Eric, we talked about it, a helicopter, get in a helicopter with machine guns and shoot hogs. And I think that was going to, you know, cost about $5,000 or something like that. And so they were like, let's, let's do that. She said, bingo, let's do that. That's what we're going to do. And so she gets in the car with Brian later and she says, Brian, um, we're going to buy pastor a hunting trip. You can go shoot hogs out of a helicopter. It'll be fun. It'll be a memory, you know, whatever. And he goes, we ain't doing that. She goes, why not? He goes, because so-and-so told me, Pastor, want a motorcycle. He said, I think we ought to buy Pastor up a motorcycle. Michelle goes, good idea. Good, now, that's exponentially more. But she said there are people, and this is what she said, there are people that are that, that have the, that giving spirit in our church. She said, not everybody, not everybody does, but there's that group of people that they have had nothing and God has brought them into something. And those people are, they have that generosity that's in them and they have the spirit to give and they have the right. So she got on the phone right then. She starts calling people on the phone. And in about a day and a half, she had all of the funds raised 
for them to get a motorcycle. Now, they included the whole church, but they made sure that they had, had it all settled. Now, here's what she said. She said, you know what? When Brian and I came up, you know, we had to pioneer this thing. Let's, amen. Thank you, Gabe. We had to pioneer this thing. We had to push this thing through for us. We didn't grow up. We didn't grow, we didn't grow, we, we, we grew up, we grew up, you know, in lack. But we pioneered this thing. She said, our kids, though. You know what? Their kids don't know nothing about. Do you know what they wanted to do? Uh, what else they wanted to do for that pastor for pastor appreciation? Hey, let's get, let's get a sign for the church for pastor for pastor appreciation. Put up a sign for him. We'll have a sign. That's what he thought he was going to get for pastoral appreciation was a sign for out front. But see, when you, when you grow up in a culture, once the culture has been changed, once the culture has been changed, the environment has been changed, it changes everything. Anyone that you bring up in that culture, it's foreign. Lack will become foreign to our children. To our grandchildren. Our, our children and our grandchildren will think on a different level. We will pioneer it. We will see it through. But our kids, and that's what she was, she was she said, she said, we went to our sons and we told them, hey, Pastor Appreciation's coming. We're gonna get Pastor a motorcycle. Y'all need to pray about what you need to give. Now here's the other thing. She said, as, as kids, we didn't have no money. It was mom and dad's money. Our kids, they have money. They have money. They're 16 and, eight, and 18. She said, she knew what the Lord told them they were supposed to do. She knew, but she didn't tell them. She's like, y'all pray about it and whatever the Lord tells you. Immediately they came back with the amounts that the Lord had told her they were supposed to give. One of them gave 1,500, the older one gave 1,500, the young one gave 1,000. Toward, toward their pastor, for pastor appreciation. Teenager. One of them gave a thousand, one of them gave fifteen hundred. So did. She said, you know what? They didn't even think about it. It wasn't something that they wrung their hands over. It was just something that they did. It's just something that they because they they didn't have the same wrestling match that we've had. Church, do you understand? Do you understand what's in the balance here? Again, this isn't a Honestly, I know I, I probably should have waited till after uh, October. But anyway, so they did. They ended up getting the pat. Not only did they get him the motorcycle, they paid for a year's worth of his insurance. They gave him, uh, they, she, she said they got a whole bunch of money so they could go buy gear, helmets, uh, chaps. I mean, they're, they're like, here, go and get decked out. Here's everything you need. They got him a bagger, an ultra, an ultra glide. Big, one, of them, one of them big cruising touring bikes and so on, on Sunday morning on Pastor Appreciation Day he got up when they opened up the door he thought they were about to bring in a sign and all of a sudden the rumbling of a Harley Davidson motorcycle you know Harley speak in tongues you turn on a Harley it's like a Honda don't do that Honda's like 
Ted had a hot. It's just like, mm. no man. I'd pull up next to Ted on my Harley, and it's like, and Ted would start interpreting. That says the Lord. Charlie, they drove that thing into the sanctuary Sunday morning. You know, some guy pulled it up into the sanctuary. The pastor's like, my God, what did you guys do? They're like, we want to bless you. Two people, two, two families left the church that morning. They picked up their stuff and they left. Mad. And here's why. Same reason why people that didn't get to sing out of the hymn books left. Same reason why people that couldn't get with the baptism in the Holy Ghost left. Same reason why people that, same reason why people that uh, didn't believe in healing left. Because they wouldn't embrace the change. You know, every time you want to leave, it's because you don't want to embrace the change. I ought to just drop the mic, go to my office. Because we don't want to embrace the change. We don't want the culture to change. We enjoy the culture that we've had. But you have to understand something. The culture that God has for us, is a, it's a better place. You may not understand it now. It's a better place. And it's not a better place because you get to drive a better car, live in a better house. Live in, that's not what it's about. It's about the furtherance of the gospel. It's about, it's about establishing God's covenant in God's kingdom. That's what it's about. And you know what? You will change addresses. But you won't think of yourself more highly than what you ought to. You'll have a pool, but you won't look down your nose at the neighbors. I can't remember who it was. One time we, you know, Michael... Michael and Twyla used to live in a gated neighborhood back in the day. I think someone went over there and they're like, I feel so uncomfortable coming over here. I was like, that's your problem. When we lived over in New Albany, multi-million dollar homes, neighborhoods. There were people like, ooh, must be nice. I just look at them and say, yep. But not out of pride, it's just like, it is nice. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know why you're all up about it. Come up. Come up higher. Then they get mad. Oh, yeah, you'll be taking, you'll be, uh, I, I told y'all, I posted a picture of my airplane, our, our airplane. Posted a picture of it on the ramp. And a friend of mine, John, had a Tesla. I didn't have a Tesla then, but John had a Tesla, and he picked me up in his Tesla from the airport in Richmond. So I pulled the Tesla, he had the Tesla pulled up to the airplane, and I snapped a picture of his Tesla and got the airplane in the background. Well, online, you know, of course, some people want to do this to flex. They'll throw their Rolex in there and everything like that. Fan out a bunch of money. Of course, only the top one's 100. Uh, 
One time someone gave me the offering at a church. I mean, it was lots of $1 bills, and there's a couple of hundreds there. I said, hey, Gabe, I said, if you want to get on Instagram, you know, kind of fan this out and just put the hundreds in the front and in the back. I said, you, you know, you. Gabe was like, whatever, Dad. <laughs> but anyway, I snapped a picture of that Tesla. And the airplane was in the And one day they get, some people got online. They said, post a picture of your ride with your airplane. So people were posting Ferraris and airplanes and Corvettes and airplane. They were posting Porsches and airplane. And so I threw up that picture of the Tesla and the, and the Mooney, the airplane. The first, first, the first person to respond to that picture said, because they went to my profile. I didn't know these people. They don't know me. They said, oh, the collection plate must really be full. Those, those church collections must be doing really, really well for you to be able to have all of that. You know what my response was? I said, it is full. <laughs> Every week it's full. It's good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, glory to God. I said, I said, listen, the Tesla's not mine. I said, but I'm not trying to defend myself. I said, the Tesla's Tesla's not mine. I said, but I'll be honest with you. I said, it is nice. I said, my folks at my church, they take super good care of me. Whatever I need, they, 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 if I need something, they're willing to supply it. I said, if I asked them for a Tesla, they'd give me one. I said, that's how, that's how good I have it. I said, you only wish it was that nice for you. I said, and it can be if you give your heart to Jesus. Boy, shut him right down. He never, he didn't say not one more word. The moderators might have blocked him from that off. You know, that's not that's not acceptable, you know, in that in that in that community. But anyway, but God God wants us, and it's not. I know some of you all you're hearing is stuff. That's not what it's about. God planted a seed of prosperity. You know why? Because that's what he intended for us to function in in these last days. You know, some of you need to look at one another and you need to recognize God's brought you a long way, but you're not done yet. He's brought you a long way, but it's not over. God, God, God brought you here, and, and God's brought you to this place. Because your environment is about to change to facilitate what the Lord wants to bring to pass in your life. Stand up all over the place. How many of y'all receive this today? Oh, was this, listen, was that the word of the Lord? Because I'm telling you, uh, I'm going to have to take notes on what I preached, uh, Shawnee, because I don't remember some of it. Well, I don't, I don't remember some of it, Charlie. I'm going to have to look at it, and I'll, I'll re-preach it if I have to. Or I'll re-preach the stuff I missed. Because, man, it was just rolling out of my spirit on Friday. On Friday, it just came rolling out of my spirit. It was like, it was like talking in tongues in English. It's just rolling out, man. I was just like, hey, blah, blah. I'm talking, and I'm like, oh, my God. That's when I realized that I'd, I'd thrown a monkey wrench in what God was trying to do with me because it, it came out of my mouth on Friday. You know, I never realized that till it came out of my mouth. When it came out of my mouth when I was, still, you, you were there Friday. When it came out of my mouth on Friday, that whole thing about God telling me, to, that's the first time I heard it. Coming out of my, that's how God talks to me. Coming out of my own mouth. Came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh dear God. I'm like, Lord, you could have told me that in private. You didn't have to put me out there in front of everybody. You threw me under the bus, Lord. 
Now, I didn't feel, I didn't feel bad about it. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God he cares enough and he loves us enough to tell us what we need to hear so that we can be what we need to be for his glory. Listen, there's not one of you here. There's not one of you here that today you're going to leave here defeated. Today you get to leave here victorious because Jesus is giving you the victory. I don't care what it, I don't care what it looks like in the natural. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. Today when you arrive at home, you're arriving at a new place, a new environment. Not an environment of lack, but an environment of abundance. Not an, envir not an environment of tension, but an environment of peace. Not an environment of turmoil. Glory to God. An environment of victory. An environment of joy. Glory to God. Reach out and touch someone. Either hold their hand or touch them somehow. Be careful where you touch them, though. God, as we join our hands together, as we lay our hands on one another, today, Lord, we come into agreement in the name of Jesus. Lord, the seed that you've sown in us for prosperity and increase. Lord, the seed you've sown in us for revival, for the move of your spirit. God's being released today in the name of Jesus. On the left and on the right, we're all breaking out. We are going up higher. There is no doubt. Glory to God. It is our time. It is our season. And Lord, you are, you are releasing today. You are activating today in the hearts of your people what is necessary for this season of breakthrough. So we declare breakout in the name of Jesus. Declare it over the person you're praying with. Declare breakout, 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 breakout. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You breaking out. You breaking out. You breaking out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rod Parsley said something one time. He said, it's my time for my thing from my God. It's your time for your thing from your God. Amen. It is your time. Amen. It is your time. Glory to God. We're about to pioneer something. Amen. We're going to be the first to go in. Do you know what? You know what you can't do? You can't let people talk you out of it. Don't let them talk you out of it, Lindsay. Debbie, don't let them talk you out of it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't let anyone, don't let anyone try to shame you out of it. Listen, when they ask you, what do you think you're rich? Say, I am. I am rich. Glory to God. I have all and I abound. Glory to God. Amen. I have every resource. I abound in all good things. I have more than enough to give because I receive in the name of Jesus. Oh, you just think you're better than everybody else. No. No, I don't think I'm better than everybody else. But I know someone who's better than everybody else. Amen. I have fellowship with him. He is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. My confidence and my faith is upon him. Amen. 
That, that's how we're going to deal with that. We're not going. We're not going to shrink back. We're not going to apologize. You know what? I refuse. Listen, I refuse. I refuse to relent on the things that God has said to me. Now, now that I realized when the Lord told me to open up my mouth and talk, that He was trying to make me a voice. You will not shut me up. You will not shut. Listen, if we're here till four o'clock in the afternoon, you will not shut me up. I will do what God told me to do. I will not be quiet. I will open up my mouth and I will declare what God tells me to declare. Glory to God. God is God is about to expand our influence. The boundaries of our influence are about to increase. You know what that means? That means you're about to become more influential. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We receive this today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. God, we, we, we will expect that what you say is right. We will not try to reason it out in our heads. But Lord, we'll agree with you. Very simple. We will agree with you in the name of Jesus. So today, I activate that seed. I release your spirit now to activate that seed in each one. Lord, activate that seed in Marianne in the name of Jesus. In Gabe, God, in the name of Jesus. Gabe don't know nothing about barely enough. They, he don't know nothing about barely enough. He don't even know there's powdered milk. He don't know the government hands out cheese. He don't know nothing about that. Glory to God. His cereal always came in a box. I don't know if you know this or not, but back in the day, they hand out big, giant, puffed wheat in a bag. Oh, they still do that? Yeah. He don't know nothing about that. He don't know nothing about peanut butter in a, in a can. That you have to stir the grease into it before you can get it to spread. He don't know nothing about that. I'm realizing it. it. God's word works. Now this boy's already trying to figure out how he's going to do ministry. And he's taking all the resources that God's given him to try to get it done in Jesus' name. See, so that's, that's the environment that God's created in us. And, and, it's, and it's going farther in Jesus' name. I'm going to quit. I'm, gonna quit. I'm, I'm not going to pray for anybody individually. In fact, if you need individual prayer, if you've got to have prayer today, uh, elders with elders come. If you're an elder in this church, come forward. If you're a minister in this church, come forward. If you're a minister in this church. Ms. Carol, Shree, yeah. Amen. There's a bunch of you. All right. Now, if you need prayer, one of these folks is going to pray for you. And uh, then we're going to turn you loose. But tonight we got Shawnee. If you, will, if, you, uh, if you can come, I'd encourage you to come. I asked the worship team to do an extended set. I feel like we really need to worship God tonight. Listen, at Shawnee, they're nuts. 
If, if, you, if, you, if you don't like loud noises, bring some earplugs because it was, listen, it was deafening in there. For the last two days, it's been deafening. That's how high the praise has been. It's been nuts in there. So who knows what will happen there tonight. But uh, if you'll come with expectation, I know the Lord will meet you. I know the Lord will meet you. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> praise God. Amen. Thank God. All right, if you need prayer, you can come and pray uh, with one of these. We'll be back here on Wednesday. I will actually be here this Wednesday. Amen. Amen. So come, come with expectation. We're going we're gonna to believe God for a moving of his spirit. And then uh, next Sunday, of course, uh, um, I can't, I think, I think it's, I think you, no, I think it's you. Mary Ann, I think it's you. Glory to God. Glory to God. No, 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 I'm just. I always, I always try to tell her it's her every time. She's like. But anyway, go in his presence before you leave love somebody because you do if you need prayer, come and get prayer. Uh, oh, tithes and offerings. That's right. Thank you. Get your tithe and offering together. Uh, yeah, you can bring that forward, and I'll, I'll here. Bring your tithe, get your tithe and offering together. If you have an offering to bring, if you have a tithe to bring, you can bring it. Uh, text to give, uh, Winners Church seven seven nine seven seven. The keyword is Winners Church. If you want to do text to give, if you want to give online, you know how to do that. Those of you that know what you're doing, you know how to do it. For those of you that don't, uh, you can take a picture of this. You can bring your tithe. If you're writing a check, make your check to Winners Church. Every penny. This doesn't go in my pocket. Every penny goes into the work of the ministry. And uh, uh, the Lord's blessing us with more, way more than enough. Way more than enough. I'm, uh, this, this, this year I will, be shutting, I will be shutting down the operations of the Evangelistic Association. We will no longer be doing any business through the Evangelistic Ministry. Everything that we do will be through Winner's Church. So every penny that I will get paid from now on will come from Winner's Church no longer from the Evangelistic Association. Now, that's not to say that I'm getting a raise because everything that I get from the, you know, evangelism, I'm just putting in the church. So <laughs> it's going to just, it's going in the church, but it will make things more convenient for us and it will be helpful. But uh, amen. So, all right, if you're all in, go in his presence before you leave love someone because you do. If you need prayer, come. I love you. I appreciate you. I will see you Wednesday in Jesus' name.